0: On this week's episode, Dawn Fobbs with her best on TV for 2021, John Orlando on the year pro wrestling, and What's My Stinkers for pop culture this year. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos.
1: Welcome to the pop culture cosmos.
0: And we're here with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford along with Melinda Barkhouse-Ross coming on for the Monday show. How are you today, Melinda?
2: I am fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm all right. I'm looking forward to the new year and some great stuff because on the Friday show, we're going to talk about exactly what we're hoping for in 2022. Yes. But on this show, I'm going to go ahead and run down my worst of 2021. So let us not delay any further. If we have a drum roll, we're going to go ahead and give you a drum roll. We're going to go ahead and talk right now about my worst in pop culture for 2021. I do want to mention that last week's shows, if you did not catch them, have Melinda Barkhouse Ross, her best and worst in pop culture for 2021. That's on the Friday show and Josh's best and worst in pop culture on the Monday show, the Pop Culture Cosmos. I highly suggest you go ahead and give both a listen. They're truly tremendous shows and truly great lists by both the individuals. And I cannot thank both you and Josh for doing that. But here comes, because I'm going to give you a list right now. What do you want? The best or the worst in pop culture for 2021? What do you want first? What do you want? What do you want? Give me your worst first. Give me my worst first. Okay. We will go ahead with the worst in pop culture from me for 2021. And we're going to go from the less worst to the main worst of 2021 so first off the show or movie that i really think should be a part of this list first thing is snake eyes which was a poor attempt to try and recreate and revitalize the gi joe universe oh my gosh i forgot all about that henry golding i think is going to be a great star in hollywood I just unfortunately couldn't get it done here. The action is mediocre. The plot is just basically cookie cutter. It's a snooze fest and unfortunately wastes the great talent of Henry Golding. So hopefully he can find better roles, upcoming things since. And then actually, Snake Eyes is a movie that not only re kickstarted and also killed the G.I. Joe series, I think, for Hasbro all in the same queue, unless they really want to go ahead and punish themselves and bring out something else in the G.I. Junior universe, so it is Snake Eyes, going to be the first on my list here. Next is Jungle Cruise (laughs) with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Uh and it was just something that was also a snooze fest that had... making that money. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me, because I absolutely enjoy Dwayne the Rock Johnson on so many different things, but this year wasn't a good critical year, but it was making money because Jungle Cruise did a nice chunk of change.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think they're going to go ahead and revisit it and do a sequel to it, if I'm not mistaken. So Disney, I think, it has greenlit a sequel for this movie. I'm just hoping that it'll be much better than this turn because, you know, dealing with the tree of life and dealing with the, you know, the, everything that went on there, and the, the sap and the whole nine yards as far as the cruise down the rivers to try and get there. It just, it didn't entertain me. And I thought the I jokes did. fell flat. I thought the tit for tat between the characters were just not that good. It's just not that interesting. I think it's something that I've seen many times before. The supernatural elements were not that good. So I do not recommend Jungle Cruise. Again, for me, it was something that was there. It's a time killer. And that's pretty much it. Space Jam, A New Legacy. (laughs) This was kind of disappointing for me because the animation is probably some of the best I've ever seen. As far as the animation part of it. But unfortunately, they had to try and act. And outside of Don Cheadle, there was really nothing else as far as this movie that was worth anything outside of Don Cheadle and the animation. LeBron James, I've got nothing but love for him as a guy who hosts the Lakers Fast Break believe me i've got nothing but love for the man but man he just was not given much to do and not given much to work with i think the writing was absolutely horrid the jokes fell flat i think both whether it was by him or was from his animated friends on screen i think the looney tunes thing as far as trying to recapture what took place over 20 years ago with michael jordan it's very hard to capture the lightning in the bottle again as we saw with the matrix resurrections yeah, It's very hard to recapture that lightning in the bottle, and they didn't do it here with Space Jam, A New Legacy. Unfortunately, it wasted a decent performance by Don Cheadle, and, and it's another big-budgeted movie that was just a, simply a waste of time. Another Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie that is on this list is Red Notice. And yeah, that's I was a, wondering if that was going to be on your list. <laughs> it, I mean... I'm not going to fault it. It is the all-time favorite movie on Netflix. More people have watched this movie than any other. It beat Bird Box. And, you know, a lot of people are really enjoying it. But it just was really disappointing. I know they're going to make a sequel of it because Netflix, obviously, you know, having the most popular movie on there, it's going to be having a sequel. So I don't have any doubt of that. And I know they're going to dish out the tens of millions of dollars to Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson for another movie out there. So, you know, they're going to get cash paid for it. But this was a generic by the numbers art theft plot movie that was just really boring and yeah. unfunny. And PG-13 Ryan Reynolds, for it's the most not part. Funny. No, not yeah. as funny and not even close. He, he's trying, but it's just not clicking. The problem is you set yourself up a legacy for an R-rated comedian like no other and the problem is when you go down to a pg-13 setting which is what a lot of people are fearing when deadpool finally hits the mcu what will it be like when he's going to be interacting let's say in an avengers movie is he still going to be funny is it still going to resonate so we'll see what happens there but red notice was a disappointment and i think wasted the talents of all three individuals but that's on my list as well mortal kombat now, this is a snooze fest. Mortal Kombat is definitely not the movie of the 90s that really garnered a cult following. and A lot of people enjoyed that first iteration of that movie. Then it went all to hell with Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Well, unfortunately, Mortal Kombat, this reboot, still stayed in hell because it really is a snooze fest. I don't care about any of the villains. I don't care about any of the heroes. I don't care about the plot. It just was really, really bad. And I think this movie, I, I know there were some certain individuals that I spoke to over the course of the year. Thomas Bennett was one that saw this movie several times. And I'm just thinking to myself, how I could barely get through it once. And just really it was just not that good at all. Right. You know, it seems to be a recurring theme, but here we go again with Ryan Reynolds, PG13, with free guy. And now this movie I was really looking forward to. And the fact I've already said on the air that I fell asleep three times, not once, not twice, yeah. but three yeah. times yeah. tells you right there that this was just something that was very underwhelming and I'm very disappointed in it. And I know it was a success, so there is going to be another free guy in our future whenever Ryan Reynolds decides to come back from you know his hiatus from acting. So I know there's another red notice in my future. I know there's another free guy in my future. I don't know if I'm excited for it. I don't think so, but I'll probably watch it anyways. But yes, it was another disappointing performance for Ryan Reynolds and Free Guy. But now we get down to the final two. Uh
1: Uh-oh.
0: And number two in my just absolute worst of 2021 was none other than The Matrix Resurrections. Oh, just absolutely just horrid and just took a good, like you said, half of a good idea and just blew it up to smithereens or force pushed it away you know that's yeah there goes the script you know along with everybody else flying away there goes the script and the plot actually flying away as well yeah Yeah.
1: gosh
0: yeah i i know you said already on on your best and worst of and we already covered on the friday show so if you want to hear our entire thoughts on the matrix resurrections please go ahead and check out the friday show the pc multiverse because this was a movie that was probably the most disappointing movie of the entire year and yeah uh, i just want to leave it at that the
2: most anticipated and then the biggest letdown Ew. yeah absolutely wow. yeah
0: i i do want to mention for an honorable mention as far as the tv show is concerned la brea which is la i want to get the hell out of here when i just watched a few minutes of it i, I can't give it really a, a grade but i watched just a few minutes of it and just the concept and the idea of it just like i escaped as you know, i guess as quickly as i could so see i didn't I mind I, that show i didn't mind it i watched it well it's, it's, I'm, it's, I'm interested in season two <laughs> okay as long as one of us is so you can go ahead and let us know about it because it sure. yeah yeah i just the concept of it it's like okay all right now people are going to go down to la and go to la Brea, and every time they go by the tarpets go oh is there another universe down there let me go ahead and check all right so yes yeah, it's, it's la Brea. it's it's there existed i couldn't stand it i turned it off after five minutes so i can't really give it a grade but let's just say it it would be on my naughty list to say the least that's for sure. sure but the number one movie and this was even worse than the matrix resurrections and i think by far it is simply one of the worst movies i have seen in the past 10 years is the tomorrow war that you can get on amazon
1: <laughs> <Prime>. <laughs> yes Pratt. I forgot about that one too. Yes.
0: Uh, the, the Tomorrow Wars
1: War. The Matrix, I would watch that before I would watch The Matrix
0: again. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> so, well played, sir. Well played. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. That's the only reason for the flashbacks—to to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. Whereas in the Tomorrow War, I think the script was written by a three-year-old. I absolutely do. Yes. Yeah. Well, I Spe- mean, you know, it was. It was. I think. I don't think it was meant to be anything more than a shooting up aliens movie. Honestly, yeah, but when the, the aliens looked awful. It. The aliens when they were looked, they looked like they were drawn up by a four-year-old. The script was done by a three-year-old. The special <laughs> effects were done by a four-year-old. And there are some hilarious scenes that weren't meant to be hilarious. Like when they're battling at the end, Chris Pratt and J.K. Simmons against the big queen mother alien. Yes. And yes, somehow that big, huge queen mother alien shrinks down to a size where it's okay to go ahead and jump on the back of it. Yeah, that's amazing <laughs> in, in so many yes. different ways. <laughs> Oh, there's so much I forgot about. <laughs> yeah, and and just just the acting is they they phoned it in. Everybody phoned it in and cashed a paycheck. It, it just it was bad, 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 bad. There's there's things in the plot and the story that don't make any sense. That they leave hanging. That they just leave out. They just don't explain. They just they they just they're, they're just stupid plot turns, stupid plot decisions, character decisions that were made that were just absolutely dumb. Again, this was a waste of two hours of my life that I'll never get back. And I, I almost actually unsubscribed my subscription to Amazon Prime because of this movie. Oh, wow. I'm just wow. Let you know. That's wow. how bad this movie is. And the fact that it had to go ahead and continue to remind me for days on end afterwards because their packaging for a lot of their stuff for at least a month was nothing but advertisements for the tomorrow war and to constantly remind me because we get a lot of stuff through amazon to constantly remind me on a daily basis that you got (laughs) this crappy movie on your amazon prime was just irritating yes so yes uh, that was my thoughts on the tomorrow war as the worst pop culture entity of 2021 and I know there's a lot of junk out there each and every year, but this met a new low for me in no uncertain terms. And if you have thoughts out there on your worst of pop culture in 2021, please let us know. popculturecosmos at Yahoo.com.
1: Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast.
2: You've heard others. But nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran.
1: So if you offend everyone at once, it all—it's a wash. I've covered everybody,
2: Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my Slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the Connor same Connor as, Je- fucking...
0: as Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry.
2: Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It
0: can't be silly, goofy, fun.
2: Uh, Jock and
0: Nerd. All and right, we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. She is the co-host or the fellow host of the mm-hmm. Mother Daughter-ish podcast. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at the Mother Daughter-ish podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great show. Have a listen. They touch on serious and not so serious topics. Right. So it's a lot of fun conversations. So please, I've had a chance to listen to it. and I've enjoyed it. And I hope you will as well. It is the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. It is our TV correspondent. It is Miss Don Fobbs. And Miss Don Fobbs, wishing you and your family the happiest of holidays this season. Truly blessed to have you on the show and looking forward to another great year in 2022 talking to you about what's going on the TV. Yeah.
1: Thank you to you and your family as well. And warm, warm, warm excitement for the new year. So I hope you guys are ready for that because you know what? It's around the corner. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. It is around the corner indeed. There's a lot of great stuff on tap for television in 2022. But for right now, I want to go ahead and ask you, it is the best of 2021. I want to go ahead and say that, but seeing as how you had such a great time trying to go ahead and mix everything together, I want you to go ahead and say, you know what, who is on your shortlist? You know, we just had the Oscars come out with yes. their shortlist that's out yeah. as far as the short list for each category, which amazes me that they just want to go ahead and get this little it's like publicity within publicity. Oh, we're gonna have a short list. We're not gonna give you the actual nominees, we're gonna give you the short list for the nominees before we give you the nominees. So right. I'll tell you right. what, I'm sure there's a lot of honorable mentions that you have for the best of television twenty twenty-one. Yeah. So you take as much time as you need to honor those which cracked the list for Miss Don Fobbs for the best in television for 2021.
1: Okay, good. So as I was saying to you, I did break it down according to the different broadcast televisions. Then I broke it down according to the top three streaming apps, which is Netflix, Hulu, and HBO max. And then um, I wanted to also list a documentary. So just to kind of give people a little bit of variety, because I hope that as everyone is are watching their shows so that they can share with their friends, that they're kind of mixing it up. Because as I said to you, I don't have broadcast TV, but because I have Hulu, it gives me access to really anything I want to have access to. We're talking HBO, Showtime, Stars, all of those different ones. So for me, one of my top ones, and I'll start with broadcast TV. One of my top ones was uh, on ABC and I wonder if you saw Big Sky. I did
0: not get to <laughs> see the pilot of it. I, I, something that was on my list to go ahead and see, I just never caught it's, up with it. But I remember yeah. the ad campaign very heavily forward as far yes. as the murder mystery is concerned. Yes, so yes. I'm glad it, it appeared on your honorable mentions this year. But tell us why sure. Big Sky stood out to you as an audible mention for 2020.
1: For me, it stood out because it had a lot of twists and turns. And usually by the time you're a few minutes into a movie, I can kind of figure out how it's going to happen. When I catch one of those series that I don't know what's going to happen, that's when I'm intrigued. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I'm ready to dig in and have almost like a marathon with you. So, it And also a lot of the characters on there are not very well known to me. They may be to others, but not well known to me. And I seem to just fall for them. You know, if I can't fall for the characters, then I don't typically finish the season. But those characters have been great from every aspect of it. Even the killer is likable. That's the crazy part. The killer is likable. So it is absolutely worthwhile watching i think they're uh, now in either season two or three but i'll tell you this start from the beginning so you can get the twists and turn so by the time you get to season two you're good hot and mad and ready
0: <laughs> yeah and i know big sky like you said is available on hulu so you can go ahead and catch it now if you missed you any episodes it of it and i think that's something again abc did a i remember the marketing campaign for it. yeah I remember they gave it a marketing campaign that was favorable okay. more than most. I mean, they don't oh. spend the kind of money on okay. every show in their promotional right. campaigns as much right. as they do Big Sky. So it, me- it tells me that it meant more to them to get that to be a successful show than Absolutely. others that they put out there. Absolutely. Now, so what else
1: okay. do you have in mind? So on CBS, This one here, it's so funny. My Mini Cooper Club, Car Club, we had our Christmas party on this past Sunday. And we just happened, the ladies just started talking about, hey, you know, what are you going to be watching over the holidays? And somebody brought up Mayor of Kingston. And I was like, just getting into the Mayor of Kingston. I like that one. You know, uh, Jeremy Renner is in there. And I like him a lot in different.
0: Absolutely. Just finished his run as Hawkeye on the uh, season, which I highly recommend. Oh,
1: yeah. hi. I will
0: have that save that for a list of my own. Not yes. today, but I'll save that for a list of my own coming up here in the not too distant future. But I will say that he did come off that run. And then the mayor of Easttown is something that Paramount Plus has been pushing heavily as a original series
1: of their own absolutely i thought i wasn't gonna like it because it's a show about you know crime and prison and I, and I usually don't like those but because i like him i trusted that he would play a good role so i went ahead and got into that one now next on my list is gonna be from nbc and that's gonna be pretty much i'm gonna have to clump them into one if you don't mind all of, of the legal shows and, and cop shows do do well as far as like uh Law and or csi uh, vegas and blue bloods all of them do really really well but i hear a lot more buzz and I think it's because the other ones are older, but I hear a lot more buzz and see a lot more campaigning for the Blue Bloods for some reason.
0: Maybe yeah, Blue Bloods has been there. It's been a cornerstone of the 10 yeah. PM time slot that has been in no matter what the day for several seasons now. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's already still hot, it's, it's brand new, you know. Yeah, it's already in syndication. They've found a yeah. ways to keep it fresh. Obviously, the fact that they're based in New York is uh, yes. obviously a good sign that you can go ahead and constantly get new ideas for it. CSI right. Vegas uh, it did earn a season two, so I'm yes. looking forward to that. But yeah. again, Blue Bloods has been a mainstay for CBS's schedule for quite some time.
1: Very true. Now, you know uh, something that I also find uh, very intriguing is. When you said the word syndication, I get, and I don't know if most people think of this, but I get really excited when a new show comes on because I start counting how many shows they have. Because, you know, after a hundred shows, they can go into syndication. So I start counting down. Like when Charlie Sheen had his... um, his uh sitcom i was counting down and then as soon as he got to 100 he went to syndication and ended the show and i can still catch anger management on some other platforms but i always start when i find a show that i like because i always feel like if i like it too much it's going to get canceled because it happens a lot to me if i like something like well what everybody wasn't watching this but once it gets to that 100 he's still be in syndication i can go online and see it
0: You and I both. I mean, it, you start falling in love with a show. You start yes, really, the characters, you start yes. backing your show. Yeah, the characters. You start following, and then you feel like you've been shortchanged I know. when that show gets canceled. Uh, I know. We yeah. talked about Cowboy Bebop, that yeah. I was really behind. Uh, that one got shortchanged, and the whole internet yep. went up in a firestorm on it. So I actually might have garnered enough noise that it may come back in some form. We'll see. But you know, if I had other shows that have had uh, timeless i think was another one that i really fell yeah. in love with that really yeah, got the yeah. Oh. change uh, oh, yeah it, God, it was due from the start me. but oh, i really like the show yeah I so there's other shows that i've again like you you just fall in love with you really appreciate and then get That's short change so it's it's a very very humbling experience to say that at least i feel like i'm almost like wasted by time i really like this show it's like
1: oh thanks i'm never gonna thanks see another, another one
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, I'm going to roll on over to Netflix. And on Netflix, I told you what happened when I watched The Blacklist. It, It just, it took the wind out of me. I felt like I was having heart palpitations. I mean, I had a real effect. I just love James Spader. But then I love all those other characters. This one here answered every question I've had for the last eight years. And it just made me happy because I needed them to start to wrap it up so we can get to the next phase of where I believe this thing is going. So Blacklist to me on Netflix. I love that it's still on NBC but that they put it on Netflix pretty quickly. Like right now, if I wanted to see the latest version, if I put my VPN to Mexico, I could watch the latest version. But because I'm in the U.S. on the internet, I'm going to be patient and wait up. The other one was the movie we talked about that Jay-Z produced, which was The Harder They Fall. That movie is still getting buzzed. It just left the top 10 on Netflix maybe a week ago because something bumped it out of the space. I think when Dwayne Rock show came, is bond-esque type show came. it kind of knocked it off of its high red notice
0: red notice has garnered so many views it's actually the most all-time watched movie on netflix beating bird box from sandra bullock and you
1: know that was a big summer hit that bird box had me laughing the whole all the means the
0: thing with bird box is more impressive though is the fact that it came time what two three years ago when netflix was still a growing entity Now you have red notice that comes out when you have over 200 million subscribers. So I mean, that's a squid game. Squid game is such a monumental hit. It's an excellent show. Could be on my top list as well, but it has that unique built in worldwide advantage. Any movie and show on Netflix right now will have that advantage over things like bird box. And that's why bird box will always be the more impressive feat because it garnered so many views with such a smaller base audience, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. Because they call those rabbit fans. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. like, well, no, I mean, just it, it, the times. base at that time was like, a, it, it
0: had 74, 75, 100 million viewers. Plus, when there was only 100 million subscribers at that point in time. Right, and right. Is, the percentage of people that had Netflix that watched Bird Box. I Mm -hmm. believe ultimately was higher, much higher than even red notice. Red notice can get a hundred, 150 million views. uh, And and that's still only half or 60% of the base. Whereas what box, you know, did was more impressive, but, I'm not going to take anything from Red Notice. Anytime you can get people 100 million people to watch something,
1: something, anything, big deal. I'm
0: good. Yes. Yeah,
1: and people like me who watched it three times. But anyway, my next one on Netflix had to be it just I I between that and a few others, but I had to put Money Heist because I have never um, been, yeah. I have never been so in love with criminals in my life.
0: <laughs> you know, that but show has garnered I a life it. of its own.
1: It has garnered a life of its own to the fact that I went out and bought me a Money Heist costume. <laughs> I just, I love, I love Money Heist and this fifth season just kind of, just tore me apart because of all the twists and turn. Okay, over on Hulu, I fell in love this year with Siren. Siren was about how, of course, the mermaids are meeting the humans and then all, you know, what ensues and it is absolutely amazing. Um, It wasn't just... What I love about it, too, is that not only did it have a love story, it had, you know, death in it. It had, you know, a lot of just crazy stuff. But out of all the crazy stuff, the love story still prevailed. So that was quite impressive to me. And then on Hulu, The Nine Perfect Strangers, that was so good with Melissa McCarthy and... Nicole Kidman. I mean, you you can't even name the Regina Hall. I mean, these are people that are like, we'll watch whatever they're in pretty much. So Nine Perfect Strangers was absolutely amazing. I was in day one on that one so then i go over to hbo max and on hbo max i just actually finished a week ago or uh, watching secession and i tell you that dad on there blows my socks off i love him so much it's ridiculous because the things that he says i um every time he says something crazy to his kids i go like wow dad you know like you know what's so funny though
0: what, what's so <laughs> funny but you know what's so funny though is because yeah. he's also the voiceover for mcdonald's And I'm expecting an F-bomb at the end of every time he goes ahead.
1: (laughs) Either F-bomb or worse, because the things he said to his son this season, I was like, oh, my goodness, is there actually a father who says these things to their kids? I don't know, but I don't want to meet him. But it's really, really crazy. So I love Secession and I love that they put that uh, season on there. But then also. The White Lotus. Remember, I was telling you about the White Lotus yes. on there. It was absolutely great. And you know, they got so much buzz that they immediately announced the second season and immediately announced characters that I love. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be really, really good for them to to uh, bring back another, but then add more characters that we love and then build the ones that they already had. You know, way up there. My next one on uh, streaming, and then the last one is a documentary. But the next one is I've forever been in love with Stars um, Outlander. I love those type of movies. I'm an old, you know, back in the century type of TV watcher, Kings and Queens type of watcher, Castles and Horses type of watcher. I don't like cowboy shows that much, but this one, because it has that old vibe to it, I love that 1400, 1500 century uh, type of thing. I love the characters and even the bad ones. I, I seem to like them as well, but this one here caught my attention on day one and I've not let, go of it my final one was a documentary that not only did i watch it but i had a great great opinion on it so we even did a youtube show on our mother daughter ish podcast we we had to do a show because as in my real life as an entrepreneur and a business development consultant i had to talk about lula rue so that's my documentary for this year that i saw and was like what what are y'all talking about You can't tell me you put $5,000 down on a table to join something and you didn't read every fine print that you could. You cannot tell me that. I wouldn't even put a dollar down without knowing what I'm getting myself into because I'm committing to something. So that was my list for the year. Again, it was very difficult to wean it down to 10. But when I went back to think of the ones that even today you know, impacted me as like, wow, I loved that storyline, or I love that show, or I love that movie. That's my absolute top 10 that I have. What's
0: number one? If one thing stood out to you the most, if you had to go ahead and give the Miss Dawn Fobbs Award. That's easy.
1: I'm giving it to Blacklist. I'm giving it to Blacklist because of James Spader. I'm giving it to Blacklist because I've been in since day one, eight years ago. I'm giving it to Blacklist because they've stayed consistent. They haven't jumped the shark ever. I'm giving it to Blacklist because the story makes me want more and more and more. I'm giving it to Blacklist because as soon as it goes off of broadcast TV, we got it over on Netflix without there being such a big gap. I'm giving it to Blacklist for so many reasons. So if I have to say my number one is going to be Blacklist.
0: It's so interesting to hear how well
1: uh, James Spader, even at this stage of his career, is progressing yes. even with a show like that. So now, I, I guess if I had to throw a, a comedy show that came in, I wouldn't throw too many of them in there because I saw quite a few so I don't I guess I don't have a comedy one that I would put at the top of my list because all of them were just kind of it's just comedy but you know what I think about James Spader and how he used to do things on Boston Legal I think of that like comedians we have to leave the comedians alone to me they have all rights to say whatever they want to say when they're on that stage now when you're in your real life that's different but I feel like once you get on the stage all bets are off and everybody needs to turn their feeling button on off And just be entertained and have fun. If you take that out of comedy, then just forget the whole thing.
0: I'll tell you what, I am so thankful that you got a chance to stop by and share your thoughts. But The Blacklist is your best of entertainment for 2021. Dawn, it's been great having you part of the program this year. Looking forward to a fantastic year in television in 2022. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at the Mother Daughter-ish podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. If you have any questions for Don or myself, at Pop Culture Cosmos on Twitter, Pop Culture Cosmos on social media, all over the place, and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, Don, thank you again for stopping by. Great to You're have welcome. you here and looking forward to a great year with you in 2022, right Absolutely. here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.
2: And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show and we're back for Season 2 for 10 more episodes of Toy talking Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, playsets, what-if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and, of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada.
0: All right, and we're back for the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thank you so much for listening and watching out there. Truly appreciate it. It's the year in wrestling 2021. And you know here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, one of the things that we love dabbling in is the pro wrestling scene. And who better to talk about it than a good man indeed? You gotta go ahead and catch, well, from what I hear, Kevin Smith's new favorite podcast, <laughs> the PVD cast at the PVDcast.com or wherever you get your podcast. Is a good friend indeed and a man that I turn to for whatever's going on in the pro wrestling world. It is John Orlando. And John, great to have you here. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for joining us and wishing you all the best this holiday season.
2: Well, thank you for having me. And likewise, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest. I was like a kid on Christmas morning when I saw the Kevin Smith like my tweet the other day. Uh, (laughs) he's a hero
0: of mine what can i say and uh he's a hero to many i am for good reasons yeah
2: and the opportunity to meet him in march was fantastic like it was everything i'd hoped it would be and more and let me just say that being in the indie wrestling scene sometimes you uh, meet your heroes and you don't really wish that you had met them if you know what i'm saying
0: funny that's what everybody says about me (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we go from there, but
0: yes, uh, Kevin Smith, all I'd do is right now, please make a good movie. Just make a good movie that's universally beloved, like the old days, and that makes money so you can keep on doing good stuff, because I know he has it in him to go ahead and continue to create great stuff out there, so I'm hoping. I know he has a universal love for pop culture. I'm just hoping that he can go ahead and translate that to some movies that we'll get over, because he's kind of like I know he's doing a lot of TV, but I also knew you know he's doing a lot of films these days that are kind of like okay, they're kind of good, but they're not his memorable stuff in the nineties. Yeah. So that's that's I'm hoping Clerks the you know the new version of Clerks will will go ahead and, and you know just inspire audiences once again like at the previous versions did. So hoping that will come uh, you know form and hopefully success will soon follow once again for Kevin Smith. Although again, my gosh, he's Kevin Smith. He's a god of pop culture, so mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? So. Indeed. But, indeed. Indeed, indeed. But you know, maybe I could be like a pop culture, like uh, semi-god, you know, like other like a mid-level, you know, stop at the fifth floor type deal. Maybe we can mm-hmm. go ahead with that.
2: Would that be like a uh like a demo god, if you will? Maybe, or
0: just like somewhere in oblivion, there I am. Yeah, you know, I feel <laughs> like that sometimes already when I'm doing the show. But again, it's my good friend John Orlando, and we're here to talk pro wrestling in 2021. The year in pro wrestling, I think, was, for the most part, I want to say a little bit of a down year because AEW was already established. It's already been established as one of the preeminent companies that's out there. Obviously, everybody knows what's going on with the WWE. And I know that you're trying to go ahead and navigate through the waters of COVID You know, with the audience structure as far as trying to do live shows mm-hmm. once again and mm-hmm. has been a problem trying to get people into live shows and trying to get them to buy live show tickets has been an extreme problem for both, especially the WWE. I know that ratings for the most part have been flat. I want to say maybe slight rises here or there. I know AEW is still averaging right around a million for its big show dynamite for its other shows. It's, it's doing okay, but it's not really garnering the, the kind of momentum that it once did. With WWE, I know that with WWE, it's just been flat. With WWE's just been flat. And in some cases, and in some weeks, they've been falling to historic lows, which I guess the press just really just likes to ravage and pounce on. I know the industry you and I have talked about over the course of this year is in dire need of an infusion of something that's good, that's inspiring, that people will get behind. It does not have right now, I think, that marquee, character that marquee individual that enigmatic individual that you say that people would love to get behind
2: your thoughts on the processing scene before we get into companies in particular overall i think that the whole industry has had ups and downs and i say that because i feel like for the first half of 2021 both companies aew and the wwe were kind of stagnant they, they really weren't impressing a lot of people with what they were putting out as a product. I, I think in the later half of 2021, I got to give it to AEW. They took some steps to get some talent to do some things and to make some waves. Uh, that hasn't really uh, well, There equal... was a bump. There was a yeah. bump with Brian Danielson and
0: CM Punk as expected. I mean, you get those marquee characters that didn't get released by the WWE. They left on their own volition to go and take a nice paycheck at AEW, and granted, the first initial weeks for both were very promising, and you see, as far as from match quality with Brian Danielson is concerned, you do see something that he brings that maybe AEW didn't necessarily have, but the ratings and the attendance uh, is not what it once was. The fire for AEW is is still there but it's just not as much as it once was
2: from what i've seen and, and i i would say that that's correct that that, that was what i was just going to say was with the debut of those people uh, and we forget ruby soho and we also forget adam cole but they were integral parts as well because they all came within a matter of of weeks boom 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 and it created a buzz and it did create an increase in ratings but then they dropped back down to their right around a million for aew I think that they need to continue to put forth the best product that they can. And they can't be afraid of doing it. I don't know how to explain it, but they got to do it in a way that capitalizes on the spikes. Like for an example, I feel like the Eddie Kingston CM Punk storyline could have went on for, for months. I mean, I felt like, this is again where we got CM Punk now, and, and that even goes with Darby Allen. Like they could have, they could have drawn those out to have four or five, six matches, and got a lot of momentum building. And and look, you got to build the momentum. If you're not just if it's not organically happening with somebody like The Rock or somebody like The Stone Cold that has that you know that that presence, I think you got to start building that momentum somehow. And what better way than to have an interesting matchup that captivates people? That had it, I think that the Eddie Kingston one was better than the Darby Allen because Kingston has come out and you know he wrote that article in what the Players Tribune about his struggles in in real life, you know, and he's real. I've always appreciated Eddie Kingston because I believe like if I ran into him in a back alley, he might beat me up and take my wallet, you know, because that's how he presents himself. Why not him and Punk go for several several months? I, I think the the same thing with Danielson. You got to find a feud for him. Uh, I do think that not only has his wrestling been fantastic since coming over to AEW, but I love the snarky heel. Like snarky heel, Danielson is is ten times better than babyface uh, Brian Danielson. So I don't know. We've talked about it many times, Gerald. I don't know what you got to do to build somebody, but you got to get. I think you have to. Get some momentum and get some eyes on your product. You have to pick somebody and push them to the moon and see if it works. And you got to get some of that crossover. And I don't know if AEW has the crossover appeal yet.
0: No, I don't think they do. And that's the problem. I think that they need to make some of it on their own. I'm not sure if Hangman Page, as much as I like him as an individual wrestler, as a personality, I'm not sure if he's the kind of guy that's going to lead your company into a new era that is a problem, I think. I don't think Brian Danielson is either because the fact that, uh, you know, him getting buried in the middle of WrestleMania, this past WrestleMania, obviously can't help, oh, there's the guy that got dragged uh, over half the ring to go ahead and get pinned along with Edge right there together. That's the, that's the lasting memory I have of, of Brian Danielson for this year. Not the great 60-minute matches that he had, not the great other matches that he's had, It's the fact that he got embarrassed in the middle of the wrestling ring. And he actually said yes to go ahead and do it at the middle of WrestleMania on his way out of WWE. That that to me, I would have never done knowing what my future plans were. But again, he, even he is not that mercurial Mm -hmm. get in a general audience type of individual. He's a person that, that gravitates to a lot of people within the audience but he's not a person that has ever been able to go ahead and gravitate a larger general audience type deal. And same thing with CM Punk. CM Punk is the cool guy and always has been the cool guy to all of us wrestling fans. But the idea is with you and I, John, we are trying to see outside the box for this industry. And again, you know, I know a lot of people that will like in our ages will go ahead and say, well, remember back in the attitude era, You know, the Attitude Era was getting with the WWE and WCW millions upon millions more viewers than what we're seeing now. And that's the problem. That's what we're trying to communicate is that, yeah, we could go back in time and rehash that. But uh, the point is that millions upon millions of viewers were seeing wrestling on on any given week. And a lot of people I talked to said, oh, yeah, I remember watching it way back when. I remember no. watching it back when that it, never
2: it, that don't even come close to watching the product now. Yeah, and and you 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 can historically look back. Raw would draw four a four rating. You know, yeah. sometimes even more. Like on average, like four million people were watching. Seven million people would be watching a WWE or a WCW show at any given time. But is it also part not only the fact that the industry hasn't done things to make that next superstar, but it is also to Our technological society, because in the 90s, you were only competing with cable TV, whatever those 80 channels were you you had. That's it. Now you have those 80 channels and then you have all the streaming services and now you have YouTube. And I mean, you got all this other stuff now. And I think that even makes it more challenging for any wrestling company, AEW, WWE, whatever, to get an audience, to build an audience and to keep an audience but it also gives you
0: opportunity to showcase yourself in front of a wider audience. You know, you could look at it both ways. I agree with you on your end, but it's also if you're in Tony Khan's office or you're in Vince McMahon's office, you could also try and do what you can to see this new way of reaching out to people through social media and other platforms and say to yourself, hey, this is one way I can go ahead and promote a star. This is one way I could go ahead and push somebody To an audience that maybe I wouldn't have been able to reach to. But right now, we're not seeing it. We're not seeing it because everybody in the company, in these companies, have their own social media. They have their own presence and they have their own audience that follows them. And the thing is that right now, with the industry in the state that it's in, I see more just flat, just neutral performances year in, year out, ups and downs, like you said, ups and downs. Ups and downs, AEW will catch fire when somebody from the WWE that's hot comes over to there. Uh, Maybe WWE will do the same when, let's say, an MJF or somebody from AEW hops over to WWE. That's all I see as far as it's concerned, unless somebody can be built and pushed that is really, really good at getting people behind them. I mean, that's something that The Rock, Steve Austin were good at because it was really an event To go ahead and catch one of their shows it was really something special to go ahead and catch one of their interviews it was really something special to go ahead and be a part of what they're all about and and that you know you saw that again like i said to me it's all about when something gets really popular it's to it's me it's about getting that general audience it's not getting the the hardcores like you and i it's when i will go out of my way And catch something that I normally wouldn't catch because of a certain individual or group. And that's something that I think that they have to address. You're listening
2: to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation But there are other parts of pro wrestling that I know that you want to talk about. I mean, the limbo status of Ring of Honor. I think that's something that we could both look at as a failed opportunity that was there and right in front of their face. And Sinclair Group, unfortunately, bungled that. And now to the point where Ring of Honor has ceased operations for now. And it's going to come up under a different format come 2022 Your thoughts on Ring of Honor, New Japan, things that are going on with them. I mean, they've got their status. They seem to be just the same old, same old. They've got their toes dipped into the water here in America. But again, seeing them as a worldwide entity being AEW or WWE is hard right now. But you've got AAA, CML still there in Mexico. But you don't really see that name brand that's going to compete with AEW or WWE for quite some time.
2: Well, I was heartbroken to find out the Ring of Honor was going to be ceasing operations because I was a Ring of Honor mark. I really liked their product. But with that being said, over the last couple of years, they too have not done anything to build a superstar. Sinclair I've got this company that they had
0: and decided to really do not much with it.
2: Yeah, and, and they never advertised. It's like when ECW was on TNN. They never advertised that the only time they advertised it is when you were watching ecw on tnn and the same thing with ring of honor like i remember that several television stations that you know i have lots of friends in lots of different places when ring of honor was purchased by sinclair there was an all out like blitz media Blitz, you know Jay Lethal was on the morning news show and Sioux City and then because he was the and, world champion at that time right, or you had the Briscoes doing something in Albany, New York on their Sinclair morning show, and you know there was a hype around it, and that that died out, and then it it's just never was rekindled. I do respect the fact that Ring of Honor tried to do things the right way by keeping people under contract even though they weren't running a lot of shows trying to keep the shows safe for fans i.e. not having any fans in the arena so i admire them for trying to do the right thing but uh, when you look at it from a business standpoint that was not the way to go
0: and that's the thing with wwe and AEW; it's not must-see television for each and every week i mean you can have a brian danielson adam page people got to go ahead and we'll get a, a bump up on the audience because people will be talking about it so yeah you'll get that but what are you going to do for the next week and the mm-hmm. next week and the next week? And with WWE, who knows what they're doing there because they certainly ain't doing
2: much right, in my opinion. That's and you you just hit the nail on the head when you said must-see TV. I haven't watched NXT in weeks. I watched it the first two weeks when it was now 2.0.
0: Well, I think they blew it with Braun Breaker. Uh, Excuse me, Braun Steiner. I should yeah. say, the son of Rick Steiner, who they had set up to go ahead and should have won the title from Tomaso Champa, And it looked like it was going to be something akin to back in the 80s with a Hulk Hogan run where he just comes onto the scene. Everybody seems to like what he's doing. He has an attitude. He has a pedigree. First of all, the bonehead move, not just saying, hey, you're Steiner. Let's call yeah. you Braun Steiner that was bonehead enough, but then you don't give him the title in that quick opportunity when you have a chance and create a brand around him. Okay. You, he might win it here in a week or two when he's facing off against Champa, but he's already lost. He's already lost. And that Mystique has already like rubbed off a little bit. And it's so hard to get back for someone like that right now. And I think that was just a mistake right there. It just, I don't know. I don't, I don't get what WWE does. I don't get what they're doing as far as it's concerned. I don't want to sound like that guy, but unfortunately, the way that WWE has progressed or degressed in 2021, I have become that guy on what they're doing. So I'd like to see better. I'd like to see them just go ahead and say, you know what, the writers, it's, have a great day. Take care of yourself and all your future endeavors or whatever they say up there in WWE and just start fresh. Start fresh with an all new crew going ahead and mapping out the future of the WIPE.
2: I think but, you and I could do better. But that also requires that you ask somebody who's in charge to retire and get out of the way. And that's not going to happen. Yeah, v- that's true. Vince is, Vince is a major problem in this. We, I mean, there's too many. You can read the dirt sheets and maybe one or two or three or four people say Vince McMahon's the ch- But when it's pretty much unanimous that every dirt sheet's writing about how Vince has no idea what he's doing and he's, Half-hazardly rewriting stuff and do i mean you have to say there's some credence to that
0: yeah uh it's i mean right now with wb when the fact that it was barely part of our conversation and they're the preeminent company mm-hmm. in this world is telling you right there what we think of the product at this point in time and, and they're falling attendance especially trying and begging to get people into the stands I I, I did, you know I know I was so happy when I saw the fact that they were smartly going to a double night weekend at WrestleMania. And I was just so happy. And I was telling John, told you so, told you so. I thought it was <laughs> such a great idea. But now they don't have – their audience is just that they're trying to beg for people. They're doing a buy three, get one free type deal you know, or whatever it is, buy one, get one free or some type of deal. Yeah, for, yeah some type of deal. And that's the thing. That's WrestleMania. They should have no problem getting in that stadium, which is 100,000 seats at
2: least... Uh, yeah. Maybe over the weekend, over the weekend. Yeah, that over the weekend week. through yeah.
0: that, but uh, getting people in the stands, getting, I'd say, about, uh, let's say, 150,000 of its seats You know, in a normal WrestleMania period of time. You should be able to, over the course of the week, can get 150,000 people over the course of the weekend. They're now struggling to get a 100000 is what I'm going to assume at this point in time. And that to me is very troubling. That to me is on the product itself. It's not because of COVID. You can go ahead and blame COVID all you want. But the problem is nobody, not in Texas or anywhere else in the world, is really adamant about going to check
2: out the WWE product right now. Agreed. Absolutely. Is that an open-air stadium, by the way? I don't, I don't recall. It, it. has, a,
0: uh, I think, a retractable roof, if I'm not okay. mistaken.
2: I thought, I wasn't sure if it had a roof or not, because I was trying to yeah, remember. Yeah, it,
0: it does. It's just, I think it's retractable, if I'm not mistaken. But okay. yeah, it's It's something that I think that people really need to be aware of when it comes to WWE, that I think it's I think it's time for them to change. I think it's time oh, for them to sell. Absolutely. I think it's time for, for a new, fresh face to go in there and move on. Wouldn't it be great if, if the cons bought it? Yeah, but
2: yeah. I mean, I on that one. No, but, but... you funny, but Nick Khan maybe could be the heir apparent.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's a, a thing right there. I know he's a <laughs> love it or hate it type of individual. He has this uh, set ways. He comes from a different industry, and he's been able to go ahead and steer this company, maybe with the direction to go ahead and steer it into a more attractive outlet for sale. But we'll wait and see. I, mean, I think it'll probably come to a head in 2022. I think that we'll find out more on if the WWE is actually up for sale and is actually will be sold sometime in 2022 or maybe 2023. But I I have a feeling we'll find out at some point in time whether or not that that, all these maneuvers, all of the wrestlers that they let go over the course of the past year are indeed because the WWE has bigger plans and maybe ultimate plans to go ahead and cash out while their getting is still good right there with what they've got going on in Peacock. But, yeah, right now things aren't great right now in the pro wrestling scene until you look at the wrestlers themselves. And I th- do think that there's some high points with the wrestlers that are out there. Obviously, we, we've we talked at length about the promise of MJF. Do we think that he could be that mercurial athlete that can go ahead and change the industry upon its ear? We're not sure. We're kind of like, eh, he's great, but... You know, he needs other people to feed off of. Maybe you could think that. Maybe you don't. But I think there are still individuals out there that, you know, have promise. But there's no real Hulk Hogan's rocks or Steve Austin's I see in the future as of this point in time.
2: I think MJF is great. I'm a huge fan of MJF. But I think that for him to go to the WWE, the WWE has to kind of uh, do away with their PG rating. I think he works best. If he's pushed, because let's be honest, sometimes he's real borderline on what he yes, says. Yes, he is. But that's what makes him entertaining. So if you take that away from him, it's just like Braun Steiner. You took away the name Steiner, and that takes away some of the, the majestic nature of that character. I think the same thing with MJF. Yeah, I, I
0: agree with you. Hans. It's like Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds in an R-rated version is much better than Ryan yes. Reynolds in a PG-13 <laughs> version as uh, some of my ratings this year uh, on some of the films that he's been in will, will attest to that. But my friend, it's been great talking to you as always. But any last words on where people can find the PVD cast and why they need to check out the PVD cast?
2: <laughs> well, I will say that you can catch the PVD cast uh, a variety of different places. It's through all those major uh, podcasting outlets. You can also go to pvdcast.com, which is the online home of yours truly. I just posted kind of the year-end wrap-up for the PVD cast. Every December, I take a couple weeks off to spend time with my uh, family and friends. Shame and, on you, coordinator. Hey, hey, sometimes you need to recharge. You know I'm speaking the gospel on that. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> so right now, I have the abbreviated summation 2021, where I just sit down for 15 minutes and talk about all the cool things, the successes, some of the failures and whatnot that happened over this past year for the PVD cast. But I also have tons of other episodes from December, talking to a great ring announcer that I've worked with for a long time, Meat Hook Jim. He has a very unusual nickname, but he's a heck of a nice guy. Talk with Ringside Rand about WWE, AEW, and other stuff. So there's tons of great past episodes. Please check it out. Again, Pvdcast.com or just search for it in your favorite podcasting app
0: there you go he is john orlando the mastermind behind the pvd cast kevin smith's new favorite podcast and that's what i'm going to stick to even though it's probably unfortunately my friend you'll get the cease and desist not me so maybe not true maybe not true okay there's there's a rumor there but he did go ahead give you a shout out so i'm very happy for you on that congratulations to you you. on that so hopefully that'll lead to a massive haul and massive return Now try to get him on as a guest. (laughs) That's the challenge I set forth to you. We'll try. We'll try. Okay. You'll be on the social media. Now that we're best friends, Kev, how about stopping by on the program? How about it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Because he is the god of pop culture right now. That's true. Well, John, it's been incredible talking to you about the state of pro wrestling in 2021. I look forward to our many conversations coming up. We've got the Royal Rumble, Mm -hmm. WrestleMania Mm -hmm. going two days. Thank goodness. My sanity will be great that weekend as opposed to just driving insane on one incredibly long night, as you and I have spoken about (laughs) before. It's just really just like I just like pulling my eyeballs out at one of those eight hour presentations. But I'm looking forward to seeing AEW grow even more. Maybe Ring of Honor will return in some form or fashion that we can appreciate. Maybe Impact or MLW or NWA or New Japan can go ahead and surprise the world and become even bigger on their platforms. But I'm looking forward to talking to you about the latest and greatest in pro wrestling in 2022 coming real soon. Looking forward to having you back on. Happy holidays to you, my friend. Wishing you all the best. But looking forward to having you stop by once again right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much to Don Fobbs and John Orlando for stopping by. John makes a return visit on the PC Multiverse as he and I announce our best in pro wrestling for 2021. Plus, Melinda and I will share our thoughts on what we're looking forward to next year. And we can end our 2021 without my best in pop culture. And you can hear that on the PC Multiverse dropping this weekend to radio stations worldwide and on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel wherever you get your podcasts. So from Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glasford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping... You have yourself a great.